0: you're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. Thanks for listening to the uh, Burley Church of Christ podcast. And And just before the podcast starts, we'd just like to invite you to, uh, if you've been enjoying the podcast or you enjoy the ministry of Burley Heads Church of Christ, we'd love you to consider participating in our Miracle Month over the month of September. It's a month where we look at trying to extend the table, as we say, through radical generosity. And so if you'd like to give towards our Miracle Month appeal, uh, the various projects and the appeal can be found on bcc.org.au. And a way to give online can be found there. Enjoy the podcast this morning and and hope you're having a great day. He's waiting for you to acknowledge him each and every day and be a part. He is a present father. Three points today. That's the first one. The writer here wants to encourage you that the Heavenly Father is with you no matter your experiences, even with your earthly parents. The Heavenly Father is present. If you don't believe me, that's okay. (laughs) I would ask you then to try. Encourage you, as a writer does, to test this. Lean into him. Acknowledge his work in your life. Acknowledge him first thing in the morning and see what happens. Say, God, I'm here today. Use it, Dad, and watch what happens. I'm that confident that it's life transforming, that he's that present... Just try that. Not once. I'm not saying tomorrow you do it. Go, God, I'm here and nothing happens. And then you're like, oh, well, I tried it. Give it a fair go if you don't believe me. Test his goodness. Because he is the good father. I believe that. And then let us know your experiences. Whether that's in your small table, whether that's over Chris. Let us know what God's been up to in your life. Let us know what what dad's been doing so we can all be encouraged. We would love to journey with you on this. That's what it looks like to go from milk to meat, to lean into the Father, to go deeper into his love, his trust. But the verse doesn't stop there. It, does, it wants to even take you deeper than that. God isn't just present. He's just not watching things. He's not just observing things. He's actually doing things. And they use this really attractive word that I couldn't wait to preach on this morning. Discipline. As you drove to church today, did you lean over to your spouse or as you got into here this morning in the foyer and said, I hope Pastor Steve preaches about discipline. What a, oh, discipline. It's a horrible word. No one hoped that Father's Day I would preach about discipline, but here it is in a text. It's actually an interesting word, the way it's used here. It's more holistic than wait till your dad gets home type of feeling. It doesn't. It doesn't. It actually is more deeper than that. It's more than the cane in school. I don't remember the cane. I didn't get the cane. I would have got the cane, perhaps. But it's more than the cane or going to the principal's office. Discipline's more than that. I hope he preaches on discipline. I bet you were thinking that. More than lines on the board. More holistic view. But. Let's be honest, the writer doesn't, doesn't say discipline's fun. Here's some of the lovely things he says about discipline. <laughs> Nor be weary when approved by him. He's saying discipline is tiring. He admits that. Discipline is hard work. It is for discipline that you have to endure. You don't endure eating an ice cream. You don't endure a lovely Sunday afternoon lunch. You endure Discipline. And now as this, for a moment, there's a quotes from that passage, all discipline seems rather painful. Stating the obvious, but he's spot on. If you got the cane, guaranteed for a moment, it was extremely painful. The writer is clear. He's not saying discipline is fun. He's saying there's something in it when it comes from God. Listen to this. And I reckon this, this sums it up beautifully. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Let me paraphrase that for a moment. Ari gets up in the morning and says, I want to have ice cream for breakfast. I torture her by saying, no, you can't have ice cream for breakfast. She says, but Betty at school can. I say, I don't care what Betty does. She's not my kid. She can rot her teeth and vomit in the middle of the day when it gets hot. You're not having sugar and ice cream for breakfast. Why? Because you're my kid. God disciplines us. God says no. God slows us down. God works in us because we're his kids. If he said, I don't care what you do, I don't care who you're becoming, I don't care if you make yourself sick, go for it. That's because he's not responsible for us. He disciplines him, you because you're his children. I tell Ari she can't have ice cream because I love her. It's horrible discipline. The poor girl. Someone call child services because I don't let her do these things. And her friends get to do them. There's always one friend, apparently, I'm learning, that gets to do that thing. For me, it was the Simpsons. Mum's here. Mum didn't let me watch the Simpsons. But my best friend at church, Brett Bailey. His mum was a Bible study leader. This is deep-rooted hurt here. She, he could watch The Simpsons whenever he wanted. <laughs> do you know why she didn't let me watch The Simpsons? Because she loved me. She didn't care what Brett. Brett can do what he wants. I'm her son. She cared about me. So that's what, God, that's what the writer's saying. God disciplines you because he's kid. It doesn't matter what those other kids are doing. He cares about you. And so he's going to work with you. He's going to protect you. He's going to grow you. Sometimes I growl at Noah when he runs off near the road. He thinks I'm being horrible. Can't I run? I'm a little boy, Dad. No, I don't want you to get hit by a car. He has no idea what I'm trying to say. Belle going to a room after teasing her sister feels like torture. I want her to become a nice person, though. I don't want that behaviour to stick in her life and become a bully and a teaser. I see who she could become. That's why I discipline her. In the hard knocks of life, in the moments that we get what we deserve, right? That we feel like God has allowed us to go through something. If we say, God, why have you allowed us to go through this? Or he's taken something away. Or he's slowed it down. Or as it says in John 15, it feels like he's cutting, he's pruning us. It's because he loves us that much he knows that habit or behavior is not going to grow us to look more like jesus and so he works in that pain to grow us god disciplines us because he wants what's best for us he molds us for good now i'm not sure god causes things to discipline us all the time i'm not saying that I believe he's sovereign and nothing is out of his control. However, I'm not talking about things he does to us. The world doesn't need anyone to do things to us. It's broken by itself. Life is broken. We experience is sin manifesting, doing its thing, its own thing. It's consequence. It's yeah, it's sin. God isn't the root of the brokenness. He just wants to use it and turn it, redeem it. Like he redeemed a cross, a way that the Romans would torture people. A horrible thing. They'd line the streets up so you knew as you were driving, you weren't driving into Rome. Let's pretend you're driving into Rome. Sunday afternoon, Father's Day lunch, you'd see um, these crosses hanging and they go, you know we're in power. He redeemed that symbol to mean hope. He didn't cause crucifixion. He redeemed that for hope let let can actually grow in it by his grace again this might be a hard subject for many here today and let me give you encouragement again out of hebrews i love this he says this besides this we've had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live for they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them but he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness how's that line when it talks about earthly father and let's expand it out to earthly parents seemed best to them here's the reality parenting is hard i'm just beginning to understand that (laughs) you quite never know what you're doing i thought my parents knew what they were doing but i've now realized they just got lucky with me (laughs) They're here, so I can make that joke. Or unlucky. Talk to them after. They'll tell you how unlucky. They got lucky with Stacey. That's the middle child. That's the favourite. So they got lucky with her. Another story, another time. Some days you feel like all you've done to your kids is grout at them. Some days you wonder if the other, your kids are as naughty as other kids. Are my kids the naughtiest kids? I can't tell. Yet, yeah, this is a question to you ask. How human is this line? Or well, Let me paraphrase. Seem best to them. I paraphrase it too. It's they do their best. Parents generally do their best in a broken world. For most humans who are seeking God and love their kids, then the struggle is real and you're doing your human best. God sees you. He's with you. And he'll guide you if you ask grandpa or the good good father to help you walk with him for some people here today though let me acknowledge this again for some people here today your parents may have disciplined or their discipline may have been about them not to grow you let me explain some today would have had parents that disciplined out of insecurities fears brokenness, anger, or substance. They thought discipline was about them and they forgot it was about growing the child. They would have thought they were doing their human best at that time. But unfortunately for some of us, that was extremely distorted. In which case, discipline becomes abuse. It's not discipline. You can't use that word. In which I want to say... If that's you, again, don't have time to unpack all of that on a Father's Day Sunday afternoon, but would love to over coffee or prayer. Or I want to say if that's the case for you, then you know, may not be able to fully trust someone that says this is for your good when God works through something. You may feel, is it? You may feel like, is this just abuse? Is he out to get me? Is he angry at me? Let me give you a couple of thoughts this morning, if that's you, without going too far into this. But happy to talk about it anytime. time. God does not discipline because he's confused. He's never confused. He doesn't discipline because of that. God does not move when he's unsure. He doesn't second guess himself after something. God does not just hurt out of careless anger. God is not out of control. You are not a creation for God's wrath or anger. God is not out to get you. You are loved. You are God's creation. Everything he does is for good. In fact, he sent his son to die to break the disconnection, to bring you even closer back into his presence, to grow you even further, to show you he's the good, good father. Do you know that today, church? That God is good. It's easy to breeze past this idea for everyone this morning. I just want to take a moment to stop. We're not necessarily talking about abuse now, but it's easy to breeze past this idea of trusting God and just with vibrato go, of course we trust him. We just sung four songs, of course we trust him. I'm here at church, of course we trust him. What if God wants to use the job you didn't get to slow you down? What if God thinks your career progression doesn't even compare to your spiritual journey? Do you trust him then? What if God doesn't want to give you everything because he doesn't want a spoiled kid? Do you trust him then? Do you trust him that he works in the pain, works in the loss? Is it work in cancer? Not the cause, at work in it or can be. Do you trust him then? What if God disagrees with what you think need or what you think you need or want? Do you trust him then? I reckon if we're honest with ourselves today, well if I'm honest with myself today, if I dig a bit deeper towards this heart of worship we keep talking about. I reckon some must say, I don't know all the time. Some days I struggle. Not my entire faith or the existence of God. Or Some days I struggle to know what God's doing and I think, are you good, God? I freely admit that to you as, my, as your pastor, that I have days like that. I go through saying, are you good, God? In which case, if that's you and that's me, we've just joined nearly every single person in the Bible every single Christian dare I say you know what Israel was named after the guy that wrestled with God Israel means wrestle with God so the nation of Israel means people that wrestle with God doesn't mean people that have sorted everything in their life and are perfect it means those that dare to wrestle with God disagree some days later find out God was right all the time <laughs> but you're allowed to wrestle with him you're allowed to have days where you say I'm not sure if that's good Lean into it, you'll find out it is, he is, he works through everything, but you're allowed to have these days. Church, that's what discipleship means. That's what being a student of God means. That with every day, hopefully, every week, every month, every year, you lean more into him. You see that he's good over time. It might be a 60-year journey. To the end of 60 years, you realise that thing he did, he worked it to his good. Some things we won't find out too in heaven. We get there and go, oh, look what you did with that. It's okay to question. It's okay to not, with vibrato, of course I trust in God. Awesome if that's you. But for the rest of the people in, Bible, in the Bible, there's some moments that they grow and learn and lean into dad. One day, my kids will say to me, We understand why we didn't have ice cream for breakfast. I want to publicly declare to my parents who are here, I understand why I couldn't watch The Simpsons. It's okay, it was for my good. Lean into Him. He's not distant, He is not inactive. Which is my second point God is an active Father. God is a present father. God is an active father. He wants to do a work in your life. He wants to do a work in the pain and the hurting. He wants to grow you. He's active. He's there. He plays with his kids. He's an active father. Here's, here's as we finish off, here's, here's, some, here's a bit of a, a passage that I love. It talks about kind of what we do now. And I love this. It says, Therefore, lift your drooping heads. And strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint but rather be healed. He says God is present. He's like your earthly father. He's active. He wants to do a work in you. So what do we do with that? Well, lift your heads. God's there. He's present. He's at work in your life. There's His call, lastly, to live and walk as a son or daughter of God. To not just know he is near, to not just know he's doing good, but to live and work and wake up each morning and live into that. To stand up straight, brush yourself off and walk into each day with the Father. Each day another chance to trust and know his goodness more. No matter what you're facing. Not blind trust, not an empty promise of a deadbeat dad. But as a last bit, this verse wants to talk about the inheritance. The writer reminds us this promise or plan of a presence, active and generous dad, which is my last point. Matthew 7:11 says this. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, then how much more will the Father who in heaven give you things to those who ask him? God gives good gifts. He doesn't run out. He doesn't check out the back and he's, the store, storeroom's empty. He's God. He's generous. He can keep working through that pain. He's active. He's present. It's not too big for him. It's not too big for him to redeem. He's generous and loving. So my last is God is a generous and loving Father. The creator of the universe is not running out of power, love and resources. The other day I was running late to pick up Aria from school and I quickly had to ring another parent and I was panicking. Ring another parent, I thought if she gets out there and I'm not there, she's going to freak out and she's going to cry and I'm not picking up. I was late because I had a meeting and the other, the other mum was, answered the phone and she was able to actually catch her at the door and see her and um, it was all good. God doesn't do stuff like that. He doesn't quickly ring up someone and go, quick, I'm running late. <laughs> he's there, he's present, he's active. He won't miss the opportunity. He will meet you there. That's human stuff. And I'll do that again for sure because I'm human. God is not that guy. God is not that father. God doesn't run late. God doesn't fall short. He showed us the ultimate way by humbling himself, giving himself to the cross and many, many other ways which we can testify here this morning to bring you back to the Father, back into his relationship with him. So three different people that are in the room and we're going to finish up there. I'm going to ask Barla to come on up. Three different people I want to speak to this morning. Firstly, I want to speak to parents. If you're a parent in the room, parenting at any age is hard. I'm not talking to young parents, I'm talking to all parents in the room. Whether you're in the crazy, messy, constantly need watching stage I'm in, whether you're in a taxi driver stage, which I think the Edwards' aren't here today, but they're in the taxi driver stage. Every Saturday is driving those girls around to the billions of instruments they specialise in and sporting events. That's why they're so gifted, because their Saturday is probably 6am to 6pm <laughs> delivering the girls. That's the stage they're in. Maybe you're in the high school stage. Maybe you've got adult kids. Maybe your kids, and maybe your kids' kids are, par- are kids themselves. You're in the parenting, parenting, grandparenting stage. It's crazy hard at any stage. You never stop worrying about your kids. I want you to know. I want you to lean into the good father this morning. Let him teach you how to be a parent. Let him teach you to protect your kids. He's watching them. He knows what's going on. Pray to him. He's the only one that can truly give them life. And actually show your kids. Don't just point to Jesus. Show them that he's important. A little bit of brag about when I was growing up, my dad played bass in the church band at Southport Church of Christ. And I could see that that was important to him. So no matter what I was doing, I knew it was important to him, not so he could cut a sick bass line, because the church and God was important to him. I could see it. So it didn't matter how much I rebelled, and I did, I knew that dad and mum's relationship with Christ was real. They later went on to do foster caring, even showed us even more that this Jesus thing isn't something they just tell us at Christmas. He's actually a real person and there's a real father. And no matter how far I went, I knew it was legit for them. I knew that in their imperfection, they had a perfect father. Parents, no matter what you've done, no matter if you think you stuffed them or you think you did all right, Today, show them that God is important to you. Show them in the way you live your life that the Heavenly Father is in work in you and now acknowledge that they'll see it. You can't not. And rest in Him. He's got them. He's watching them. That's the parents. Secondly, to those who have had failed parents or parents that haven't haven't hit the mark. Those who have been hurt by a parent or have some guilt around being a parent then the good father desperately wants to redeem that mess. Desperately wants to be part of that. Desperately wants to be stirring and moving things around and bringing it to some sort of restoration, some sort of glory to him. He wants this family to get around you and walk with you as you take courage, as you, as you take hope and let God work in the pain that an earthly father has done in his attempt to do his best, even if it was twisted. Lastly, you're sitting here going, Steve, I don't have kids or my kids are really old now and I don't really have much to do with them or I don't, I'm not joined up with my kids. You're going, thanks for that message, but <laughs> what's it for me? Then I, I want to encourage you with this passage that Jesus says and this is the last thing I do, truly the last thing I'll share this morning. Mark 3, 32 to 35, the crowd was sitting around him and they said to him, this is to Jesus, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. And he answered them, who are my mothers and brothers? And looking at those, the disciples around him, he said, here are my mothers and brothers. Whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. Jesus wasn't rude to his mother. He looked after her. We see lots of that. He, was, he, was, he had his half-brother follow him around as a disciple. He's not being disrespectful to them. He is saying, church, this is your family as well. You can be a spiritual sister, brother, grandparent or parent to the people in this room. In fact, the Bible says you should be. Get around each other. Encourage each other. Lay off the discipline. We'll let God work with that. But walk through people, walk with people while they're getting disciplined. No excuse to not feel like a parent today because this is your family as well. Let me pray and the band's going to sing one more song and then we're going to go have a coffee. Father God, thank You so much that You are a present, active, generous and loving Father. Thank You so much for what You're doing in our lives, what You can do in our lives. And we just acknowledge the hurt we acknowledge the distance we may feel from our earthly examples, but we pray for healing, restoration in that as well, Lord. We pray we can bring that to the good, good Father. We give it all to you now. Thank God for our Father's Day and thank God for our Heavenly Father in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Let's sing one more song. Thanks, team. Sing one more song. Thanks, team. Sing one more song.